CabanaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. Hey everybody, welcome to Top 8 Magic. I'm Brian David Marshall and uh, I'm here with Michael J. Flores who owes me a dollar. Well, what do you mean I owe you a dollar? Bad beat stories cost one dollar. John Schuler made that up, yeah, but I actually wrote about it before. Yeah, so, so what does that mean? I just pay you a dollar and all of these people have to listen to me whine? Yes, unless we ever do <laughs> analytics, in which case you might owe a lot more money, or not so much more money. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So I just pay you a dollar and all these people have Correct. to... Okay. Correct. That's right. a choice. All right. I like this. I like this deal. Okay. So this past weekend was a star by, by, by the way, we're going to definitely talk about cons of Tarkir. At some point in the uh, future. At some point in this podcast, uh, there's a whiner timer on. A whiner just so, timer? Just so you know, I do have Are a you whiner my, timer. My dollar does not buy an infinity it's, amount no, of time? No, it does not buy infinity amount of time at all. <laughs> okay. All right. So I'll start now. Okay. Um, so this past weekend was the Star City Invitational in, in New Jersey. And let me tell you, on day one, I ran like a god. Seven and one. Uh... 3-1 Legacy. More like a Titan. A, ti- a Titan? Yeah, God, God, Gods go 8-0. That's like a fire cat, actually, right? Like a 7-1? <laughs> That's exactly a fire cat. I ran like a fire cat. Um, how does a fire it's cat It's certainly better than running like a Snid or like a Jungle Barrier. So, anyway, uh, day two, I had... The problem is, on day one, my matches weren't really close at all. Even the match I lost, I could have won if I played a little differently. So to recap, you played Burn in both four. And I eight searing bloods. <laughs> just eight to four. Did you got you got four and four. Did you get finally just go get eight different copies? I, no, no, no. I, <laughs> I I traded them between my decks. Okay. And I used the same mountains between my decks. This was up for much controversy. I believe Tasty was like, I listened to your audiobook where you talk about rotating sleeves. Why do you not follow your own rules? I said to her, I didn't think I was gonna make day two. <laughs> So then I, I had to resleeve my decks, all this. Yeah. But anyway, eight searing bloods. Then day two, I just I had a lot of close calls, like really close calls. Like I've labored over some of these calls. Ultimately, I think maybe I made the wrong calls in some cases about like the the fire blast play. Okay, so so this is something. Was that was that on camera at all? That play? No, it was a feature match, but it, di- it didn't get didn't they, get on camera. Yeah. Featured? Yeah. All right. So, and if, are you going to write about this for Make the Play Monday or not? Or I'm not. We, I, I don't remember how many cards my opponent had or what okay. turn it was. So let's just let's just talk about it then yeah. here and let people post their sort of what they would do. So the situation is, yeah. you have this is game one or game two? It's game three. Game three. Okay. So game three, I crushed my opponent. Game one, he's playing Shardless Bug. Game two, I kept a one land hand with like three or four one lands, one mana spells. Uh, um, I drew bolt, a second. You spike you. Yeah, rift bolt, bolt you. you know, like Rift Bolt, Goblin God, I think. Uh, and then game, uh, and then I drew my second land the turn I died. If I drew my second land the turn before I died, I would have, I would have won by a mile. Sure. Right. So, um, but uh, I just accumulated two mana spells after my opening hand. Right. And like, stops being able to cast any spells. I had like three or four in my opening hand, just stopping able to cast them. Uh, like I had like two Price of Progress and two Fire Blasts or something right. at the end. So, I mean, he would have just been dead by a mile. He was at three, uh, even with my one land hand. And that's not the fastest deck, right? It's to get multiple Tarmogoyfs to even race. So it's game three. He's at seven. I have four cards. I have two Mountains in play. I have four cards. My four cards are Lightning Bolt, Fire Blast, and two Smash to Smithereens. 
Peace always said the Smashes shouldn't even have known I deck. Um, well, what are the Smashes there for? Uh, he has like four shardless agents, some number of uh, baleful strixes, probably between two and four baleful strixes, and then just, some, they're just like extra searing bloods at this point. Well, I mean, I had ten in this game, right? Yeah. So I stopped maxing out after this match because I sided out lava spike this game, and if I just had two uh, lava spikes, he would have been dead for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he's at seven. I'm at twenty. Not even like, not even sackland damage. Sure. And he has no development at all. He has lands, but he hasn't done anything the entire game. Like, he's just been, like, pondering, brainstorming. I think he, like, casts a duress for a price of progress, maybe, but nothing, really. All right, so I have Lightning Bolt, Fire Blast, and two Smashes Smithereens. He's at seven. And he casts him to Torok, right? So the question is, what do you do, right? Um, you know, yeah, I, I labored over this because I made the play that made... I didn't win the game. Um... And, uh, you know, I think the best answer I got was from Tom Ross, who said he would have lightning bolted him in response and then let the him resolve. Still have a one in three chance of keeping the fire blast. I went for the kill. He had a force of will. And then he didn't even have a Liliana yet. So he got a Liliana the next turn. And then I just drew my land and my spells in the wrong order. And he was able to Liliana lock me. Um, so, and, so what happened is you go bolt, you fire blast you? Yeah. And then he has he force, force of will. will. Puts him at three. But I even knew if he went to three, it'd be okay. Any spell in my deck is lethal. But the right. problem is I have no lands, right? So, um, you know, Tom even said, if I'm stuck with the smash of the it's going to hit something, right? Right. He played a, a shardless agent within two or three turns. Right. But I went many turns with no lands in play. Like yeah, four yeah, turns yeah. or something it was absurd. It's, it's hard to put yourself that yeah. far back. And but, then, I mean, but you went for the win. It's not like you went for the, like, no. I'm going to do this much damage to you. And no, then no, no. I went for the, the kill. Sure. And then... The thing is that, like, of course, once I have the one land, I break my... It was a sack land, and I broke it on upkeep, and I just got another mountain, right? Like, anything kills him at this point. Right. right? So, it was, it was a heartbreaker. Um, and I lost... I cleanly lost to Brian G, playing Jund. So, I got kind of a funny spot. We were racing in game one, right where I had a Sulfuric Vortex... He has basically nothing. He won't commit me. He has a bunch of... How about of you describe your deck? Whenever you describe your deck, it sounds like you're playing cube. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> so, it's funny. On day one, I only lost games of Legacy. Other than one game to Elves where he killed me on my on, before my second turn. I only lost games of Legacy to my own Sulfuric Vortex. Uh, so, uh, he gambles for a Bloodbraid Elf, which he Ooh. keeps. Yeah, which was, that was hot. And I have one card in hand. It's a, it's a Searing Blaze. I have a Sack Land in play. And he gets him to Torok with a Bloodbraid Elf, which is, like, the only thing that's bad for me. Even if it's, like, a Liliana, I can respond and kill his, his Bloodbraid Elf and win the race. But him to Torok actually matters. Uh, so I, I lost a, a, a clean race there, um, but really, really close. Um, and he, he beat me clean. Then I got out of Legacy alive. I won the next two. Uh, you know, I, I figured if I was uh, going into the second standard round alive, I was, uh, I was just going to top eight. I was so confident in my standard deck. And I'm, I lost a super close feature match. Oh, um, uh, Mike? Yeah. I'm going to need another dollar. About seven minutes you let me get in. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Point being, 7-1, didn't run like a god on day two. Bad, bad Venn diagram overlay of my opponents being lucky and me flooding out. Uh, I'm not paying you another dollar. And all, all you guys can whine about your dollars in the comments. <laughs> or better yet, whine about them at our Facebook page, oh. facebook.com. Slash Top 8 Magic. It's a good idea. So go join that. We have we have cool new announcements coming up. Brian's committing some interesting set of resources, some cool announcements. You probably will never even hear about them 
you don't go to our Facebook page. That's true. Or listen to our podcast or follow us on Twitter. We have a podcast? Yeah. All right. Concerts so are here. So we're going to talk about Concerts are here. We're still about like two weeks off from, about a week and a half off from the full spoiler being posted in advance of the pre-release. Lots of cards have been spoiled. Yeah, there's a lot of cards. The big set. Yeah. Um, so we know it's wedges. I still don't know the names of the five, the the, the jund and analogs. I'm, it's, it's, I'm Raka forever, dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know them yet. Dega, Raka. Yeah, that's Sita. Yeah. So, but that's, those aren't the names. Um, I did I did make a joke on Twitter today. Someone was asked if someone had ever actually cut their deck, cut their opponent's deck onto their opponent's morph. Yeah. And I was like, that's definitely happened. And, uh, and they were like, oh, I hope they warn about that at the pre-release. I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure that's a Celtai achievement <laughs> at the pre-release. <laughs> right? They're known for their ruthlessness. So, Which anyway, one is Celtai? I don't know. I think, uh, I think it's black, white, red. I think it's black, white, red. I don't know. I, I really pirates? don't know them yet. I don't know the story. Yet. I don't know them yet. So, anyway, we, we're not going to get into flavor today. Uh, we'll just talk about... So, I'm I mean, not, before we not get into flavor, I mean, I'm not... I hope this isn't too politically charged when I ask... Like, the characters in this set are, like, brown people, though, right? They're not, like, typical Caucasian people that we've seen in a lot of Magic sets, right? Are they? I think so. I don't see color. Really? I mean, I'm not on Magic cards. I don't know. I didn't think about it. I mean, that's actually, like, a big criticism that had been made against Nickelodeon, like, when they took Legend of Korra off of TV. It's just, like, this is a, a female-led, not misogynistic action cartoon filled with brown people. Right. This is something we need more of. And I... It, and I'd never even thought about it that way because I don't care. Sure. I'm just like, this is just this great TV show. I'm like, oh, I guess everyone does look like so me on this show. So you're saying Cons is a more racially diverse set than we've way seen? Way more, right? Like, I think for the most part, it's Caucasianish elves and so forth sure, that we see. Sure, sure. I mean, I've, I've certainly seen... I mean, not Kamigawa having, block, obviously, but... Having been to a number of magic panels over the last mm-hmm. couple of years, that's certainly a recurring question that is asked of the creative team. Yeah by people, you know, in the crowd. Usually by white people, though, but still, <laughs> still asked. Um, anyway, so, well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it, we'll keep a count. I'll, I'll keep a, a I have rate. my sunglasses on. I can't tell about yeah, the I color of Antioch Bondkin. So, Antioch Bondkin is uh, white and one for a two-one. It's a common. It's a hound soldier with, um, and then each creature you control with a plus-one, plus-one counter on it has first strike. And it has Outlast. And Outlast is just an ability you can... Like, basically, these creatures become like levelers. So he's Outlast 1 white, though, right? Different characters have different Outlast abilities. Sure, his is 1 white. And so you 1 white and tap. Put a plus 1, plus 1 counter on this creature. Outlast only as a sorcery. So I could see this being abusive as an instant speed. Right. Well. Right. Well. I know, or if it didn't have tap, right, then it really would oh, be a level. Oh come on! Then it really would be like everything. They're all figures of destiny. Um, but like, even as a three-two, like first striker, you know, is that worth taking a turn off, or can you see this guy being constructed playable? I mean, you play him in limited. He seems fine. He obviously, gets it for no. Two, obviously, you play him in limited. Or you you start leveling up an army at some point when you get into the standoff situation. Right. Yeah, he's fine. But what about in constructed? Uh, like, like, so the, there's not block constructed anymore, right? That's not a thing that matters. That's no, right? no. The so, only thing I was thinking about is in terms of outlast is like the ability to maybe grow your creatures past a course of prefix. Like, like you get to take a turn 
and go. So, so I'm playing my way with deck, and this guy's just like whatever. He's just whatever creature, and my heroic creatures all have first strike because. I am you know. so skeptical about building strategies that are based on accumulating resources on the battlefield for yeah. the reasons I said prior to the last pro tour. I was just like, I think that a big strategy is going to be like quick and planar cleansing people. Sure. And, you know, that, was, that wasn't really on the radar yet. Right. And that, I'm like, all these strategies that are just like, let's accumulate that, that resources. That won't be a strategy in the new... Oh, really? Because there's a new wrath, and it's really good. Okay. Well, we'll um, get there. But no quick. No. Maybe not a quicken, but I... I so not a, not a card you see as constructed playable? I, I don't see it right now. I'm really, really skeptical. Is this below the Wesco line to you? There's nothing below the Wesco line. <laughs> in the words of Gabe Carlton Barnes in the, in the uh, apocryphal podcast you did without me... That's a player It's who, not apocryphal. It was right there. <laughs> I think of it as apocryphal. You listened to it. I did. It was good. I liked it. If you haven't listened to it just because I wasn't on it, you're numb. It was good. Um, you know, this is a Pro Tour champion who who picks his deck just based on the color he likes, <laughs> not whether it's good or not. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see that as being a huge favorite. Okay. Oh, wait. But what about End Hostilities? Okay, so three WW. This is a rare. Sorcery. Destroy all creatures... And all permanents attached to creatures. So this is like a, a boner jam of Umazawa's Jidays, right? Like, oh my god! This is so. This is this is equipment. This is um, bestows. I was thinking bestows like, is the most relevant. Actually, like the person that I think about when I think about this card is Gabe Carlton Barnes, yeah. who loves the mono black aggro deck. You know, thinks that deck. You is, would too if you were Gabe Carlton Barnes. Yeah, it's but treated he, him well. But he, and he loves that deck because it's so good against Wrath decks. Yeah. Right. He loves the idea that he has, you know, eight bestows, um, that just gives him this opportunity to like create a creature and then like with Mutavolt and bestow creatures falling off after a Wrath. Oh, you're just in for five you're the next just turn. Like, yes, I'm still I'm set. But this card just. This it is, ends those hostilities. This is this is really like I mean there's usually a trump card in the next block for some ability from the previous block. But Bestow was not so dominant that it deserved yeah, this. this, just, this yeah, this, this this feels like a kick in the teeth. Doesn't it? I mean, I was almost thinking about it. There's that enchantment that... Uh, this also gets equipment, right? Just to be sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, it doesn't say enchantments attached. It says a permanence attached to those creatures. I was thinking, like... First, I was like, oh, shoot. Listen. I was thinking about... Uh, Tomohiro Saito, who's such a fan of Nylea's presence, but that it doesn't destroy those. Right. But I was just like, oh my god, maybe he'll stop putting Nylea's presence in every deck now. This is, I mean, this is this is a brutal card. How, how uh, do, you, do you see this being a fringe playable or just I mean, like the Supreme Verdict are... is rotating, right? Right. Yes. This is just a four of in the blue white control deck. It's five, it's five mana. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Does not matter. Just a slam four of. Buy it now. Was, was Route always a, a, a five four of? Well, in standard, Route was concurrent with Wrath of God, okay. but it was still played as a one or of or a two of. I mean, I'm sure there were decks that went to eight, but even in, it was still played. Right. It was like it was played as Wrath five or sometimes Wrath five through seven in main right, decks. Right. But there's, to my knowledge, there's no Day of Judgment right now. Is that correct? So. I don't believe so. No, this is a four of. Right. There's uh, there's just Mass Calcified. Is that seven? Or yeah, something? that's seven. Yeah. No, this is for sure. Not no look back. <laughs> if this isn't a four of you, send your bills to uh, Brian David Marshall. <laughs> will 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 there be a copy of this card in the top eight of Pro Tour Contest Arc here? Um, 
Sight unseen, it's hard for me to say because there's no supreme verdict, right? Correct. So what tools do we have? No more Jace 4. Who's the planeswalker, blue planeswalker in M15? Jace 5? It's Jace. I forget what I forget what he even does. Oh, it's the other Jace 4? Yeah, yeah. Jace the forgettable? Yeah. Oh, so I don't know. Uh, the black-white mid-range deck's probably still pretty good. Right. Right, so you have Elsbeth still. This could go in that deck. It's yeah. actually probably pretty good in that deck. Right? I'm just trying to think what cards they would play, right? All the cards that they kill you with right now are rotating. Well, just a little further down. Sure. So, there's a... No Pack Rats, no Desecration Demons, no Night Veil Spectres. Uh, what do they kill with? Opposite at? Rotating. Oh, opposite at rotating. Uh, Blood Baron rotating. Blood, Baron, Blood Baron's rotating too. They have wow. Brimaz. Yeah, I guess it's Brimaz. It's just... I mean, I just don't... I don't know that he's great in the black-white deck. Is, uh, is Aetherling rotating? Yes. Really? Aetherling's rotating too? That's what happens in Magic the Gathering. Wow. I don't know how it's going to work when they do the double block rotations. That's I'm just going to have to look at the website and yeah. hope that it's up that day. Yeah. Just have a website. Is it, is it in standard? Is it in standard? Yeah, I think this is a four. Okay. Uh, Herald of Anafenza. First one I saw this, I thought that was like a crazy tail. Like, yeah, like, I did too, actually. Like an alien's character, but it's actually a, a horn. Yeah. So this is, this is also an Outlast creature. So it costs a single white for a 1-2... Uh, and it's Outlast 2W, so 2W tap. Put a plus one, plus one counter on this creature. Whenever you activate Harold, Harold, Harold of Anaphens as an Outlast ability, put a 1-1 one, one white warrior creature token on the battle. I think this card is unbeatable. This card's really good. Like, but probably not in the same way that other people think it's unbeatable. I think that the blue-white deck against the blue-white deck, if one of them has Harold of Anaphensa in the sideboard and the other one doesn't, the one with Harold of Anaphensa in the sideboard will win 100% of the time. Like, okay, maybe not 100% of the time, but, like, literally, you're like, oh, side in my heralds, and the other guy has just nothing to deal with, like, a one-drop a one drop creature. I'm just going to sit there and, like, Vidugazi them to death. Right. They have no chance. I mean, this is, this is a very and cheap Vidugazi. And this guy becomes a Gigundo bear anyway. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so, he, like... He clogs up the ground. So, like, turn one, I'm, like, bring, right? And then, like, turn two... I mean, turn two, rather, I'm, like, bring, and then turn three and beyond... That's why they had to make it sorcery speed, so you at least had to think about it. Right. This card's un it's already too good. It's unbeatable if it's at instant speed. It's so powerful. So you, you love this card? It's insane. Uh, so you, the situation you're describing this card in is a sideboard of a blue-white... For the blue-white mirror, yeah. But, I mean, what about what about for the aggro decks? Yeah, like, I Do you see people playing this as... I mean... You know, in some sort of, like, Patrick Chapin, Paul Reedsley, play everything from one to seven. I mean, are you going to... Black-white deck that... No, no, no. The Paul Reedsel strategy is to play two twos at every casting cost, okay? <laughs> That's different from the Patrick Chapin strategy. They're two different strategies. Paul Reedsel will show you his deck. It's got Isamaru Hound of Tonda, Samurai the Pale Curtain, Kitsune Blade Master. Hikori Dust Drinker. I, I He's was, got two twos at every casting cost. I was thinking cost. a little bit more of his uh, his deck from earlier last year in Dublin. And oh, that, that was just a Patrick deck. And that was the Patrick deck, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I think a black-white. The thing is, 
I think that if you're playing blue-white against black-white, the blue-white deck is apt to have removal in a sideboarding game. But blue-white against blue-white, unless they know you have heralds, right. they're not going to have removal. But you just get to, like, hoard cards in your hand and, like, develop your board with this thing. I mean, the, this guy just sits out there. Yeah, you have to start taking some turns off, though, because at some point they can wrath you. Yeah. Right, so, like, maybe you go, like, turn one, turn two. I mean, sorry, not turn Your time to, like, start, start on turn three. You might get, like, turn three, turn four, depending on who went first. You right. might only get one activation, and then you have to swing with two guys. And then you have to take off, like, everywhere from turn five to turn seven. So that you at least have, like, negate mana for, for their five-drop wrath. Right. But then you can go back on again. It's kind of weird. So, like, at some point then, like, once you're on, like, maybe five or six, if you're suspending which, which counter spell you have, then you can go back to making tokens. And then you can't really react. Because, like, most of their threats are going to be expensive. So you're just going to accumulate, like, even if you only have, like, three or four power... You have no. You don't have to commit any more resources, and the other guys just like it, I'm just going to use the word Aetherling or the word like Archangel of Thune, right? They, their answer, their way to win is like this ponderous, huge, expensive thing that you can just counterspell, right? And then, or they have to try to wrath you, which you can also counterspell. It's not. It's not a good situation for for the opposing control player if one player has this. Yeah. It's just. It's cards unbelievable. It comes under counterspell wars. It comes in a situation where the opponent is not likely to have point removal that's right. appropriate to deal with this. Um, and I don't know. I, I'm i a little actually, skeptical about this in beatdown decks, but maybe I'm wrong. It actually reminds me a little bit of... Uh, what was the card? It was, like a, it was like a black card, and you would like you would come down on turn one, and then you could just like make your opponent discard a card with it. Nizumi something. Whatever, or any of those things. But, yeah. you know, it kind of almost reminds me There was, me like, of those in, Inqui- Inquisitor. There was an Inquisitor yeah, yeah, guy. Yeah, 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 um, Brian Kibler used the Inquisitor guy to get back on the Pro Tour, actually. Yeah. Then he immediately top-aided Hawaii and became Brian Kibler 2.0. Um, yeah, I, I think he's, like, a little shy on power for a regular white weenie deck. Because at that point, when you're the white weenie deck, then you have to worry about how's this guy matching up against other aggros and... I guess it's a one-drop. He's, yeah, he's not embarrassing. One, he's a one-drop. I mean, he, he, he quickly becomes a 2-3, which is formidable. Solid, yeah. I like this card a lot. I think it's just fantastic. All right. Um, so, Watcher of the Roost. This is uh, a cycle of common morphs that yeah. Marshall Sutcliffe previewed today. So, it costs 2 and W for 2-1. Flying. Flying. So, you know, just a respectable, yeah. you know, like white creature for limited uh, but it has morph uh, and instead of a normal morph cost it has reveal a white card in your hand to unmorph it and then when Watcher the Roost is turned face up you gain two life I think this is a super playable card I, I love these cards yeah. I really love the these the other cards. ones I don't like as much as this one but it's like what do you want to pay for a 2-1 flyer you know would you, would you pay 3 mana for 2-1 gain 2 for flying I think I'd probably pay that right yeah. depending on the depending on the metagame yeah. I think this card's fine. You're, you're, you're not saying that this card is at all constructed, are you? Yeah, why not? Really? Yeah. Interesting. Well, if you're the red deck, and your opponent has four of these, that's like... You're having like four wall I guess that's like I guess it's like Riftling Cloud... Not Riftling Cloud Skate, uh, even Rift Watcher. Okay, that guy was a butt destroyer for... Yeah, yeah. For, uh... For, uh, for red decks. I mean, that guy's way more powerful. Three toughness and... Yeah, yeah. And... Did at least double duty, but that card was also played in blink decks. Yeah. So it was really horrible. But yeah, I think this card's perfectly respectable. It's fine. Okay. Like, it, 
Like, you don't See, want... See, I, I hadn't seen any of these really necessarily being constructed playables. I mean, you know, Fringe. I, I think of it, but I mean, I think they're, they're terrific limited cards. So, I mean, think about it, right? Do you think a 2-1 flying is playable in constructed deck? I mean, it has been. I don't... I mean, we were talking about how a 2-1 flying for two would be, like, too good, right? And we were wrong, because nobody plays with these cards, right? But... I mean, isn't, isn't the mark... You know, I think about what I want to see, like, where I think the, the sort of the wins above replacement kind of, yeah. you know, that stat. Like, I think about for three-mana flyer, I want, like, a 3-1. I want, like, Geist of the Moors or um, even Cloud something but or whatever what you it was. want is a, res- a, respectable, a respectable body... Yeah. That does something to mess with somebody else's strategy, right? Yeah. That's what this card does. Okay. Right? So what if this card instead said, 2-1 flying for white and two, when it comes into play, destroy target artifact. How would you feel about this card? Love it. What's the difference between that and gain two life? If your opponent's strategy is shock your face. Sure. Okay? It's the same thing. I'm not saying this is going to be, like, the most popular card. Right. I think this card will see reasonable standard play right and it's hard to deal with defensively right the car the, a lot of the decks that that are vulnerable to this kind of strategy from a life game standpoint don't block flyers very well that's fair or you just block right like i would just gladly put this in front of somebody's two one right <laughs> block <laughs> reveal my other watcher the roots yeah. unmorphic ganky life it's fine yeah okay all right, in that sense, I can see it. All right. Uh, Jeskai Elder. So this is prowess ability. So, so is that like it's an old person? That is an old person. Looks looks uh, vaguely maybe Asian. Totally. It's in track. brown people. Um, so one U for a human monk. It's a one two. And then it has prowess, so which is whenever you cast a non-creature spell, this creature gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. Uh, so whenever Jeskai Elder deals combat damage to a player, you may draw a card if you do discard a card. So it's the blue kiln fiend, right, with a little extra text? Yeah, I guess so. so I mean, it's, it, I mean, kiln fiend I've actually played more than once and constructed. It's like sure. a great sideboard card. Uh, but this, these, the prowess cards get plus one, plus one. That's not quite the same as kiln fiend, which was... Plus two or plus three? I think it's plus three plus oh. Yeah. Right? Um, But Jeskai Elder, like, you could just play it, and then you have it in a deck with a bunch of cantrips or divinations and stuff, and it just gets extra value. Or the other thing about it is, let's say you have a Jeskai Elder, and then your opponent plays a regular creature, and you have, like, three lands, um, and uh, you just attack. Like, you block there? I mean, they could do all kinds of shenanigans. Oh, sure, because you, right, because you, you always have the ability to giant growth this yeah. creature. I think it's an interesting card, an interesting ability. I'm not sure... I, like, I feel like this card is probably going to see constructed play, perhaps as a sideboard card. I feel like its sideboard potential in reactive decks against other reactive decks is super good, right? right. It's similar to the the one-drop guy right. in that... You basically have the Herod of an offensive word. You basically have this card that costs next to nothing to cast, and then once it's on the battlefield, it will just take over the game. See, see I was thinking about that also, but it feels like the place you want this yeah. is almost in Legacy. Like, sure. Like, I could see this, like, in the decks Bakula's been describing playing. Like, where he's playing, like, these, these Delver decks. He's not as dominant as he was a year ago. 
Yeah, I did better in Legacy than he did this uh, week. I'm just, but I'm just saying. But he's been talking a lot about yeah. like you know decks with bolts and Gitaxi and, yeah, and ponders and, and brainstorms. You know, and you know, this feels like you could actually get. You know, you can make this card. Those, I mean, if pretty those formidable. If those decks are paying two mana for a creature, it's usually a Tarmogoyf. Sure. Like or like, I mean, they won't even play a Snapcaster Mage. Okay. So, like, I don't know about the offensive impact. Like the two drops that the bug. The Bug Delver deck plays is, um, so is like the one-one flying guy who has Death Touch, which right. means he can trade with the Tarmogoyf. So I'm, not, I'm not saying this guy goes into Legacy, but I'm saying is, it feels like that's the direction he's he, you would put him in if you were looking for a place for him. I, I mean, maybe Modern. Maybe there's enough of those cards in Modern. To me, if I see this card, you say, Mike, imagine a home for this card. Imagine this card is a constructed playable card. What is that home? Yeah. I think it's the sideboard of a blue deck or some sort of controlish deck against another controlish deck. Okay. Right. I assume that I'm going to have some sort of instance and like hand trips and or even do you remember when we black thumbed right and then yeah. you could just like be inquisitioning people? Yeah, yeah. I think like you play Jessica Elder and then you untap and like Inquisition, Thoughtseize, whatever somebody, and that levels him up for the turn. I mean, he's very it's very blue thumbish then. Sure. Um, but obviously well, less I'm power. Obviously all in on blue thumb. Yeah. It's obviously less powerful than a Kyrian Dryad in that situation. Right. But, I mean, I don't see this as being a mainline strategy. I think this is, like, maybe it gets into the sideboard. I'm not real excited about this card. Okay. I think, like, I think it has interesting potential. Right. It's not like the other guy. I'm like, oh, shit, that guy's insane. So, so what this says to me is keep an eye on prowess. Yeah. But this might not be the card you might, want. Might, might, not, might not be the most prowess one. It is an old person. Yeah. <laughs> is that an old woman, in fact? Uh, looks like a, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so Jeskai Wind Scout. This is another prowess card. Two one flyer for three mana, which we yeah. just talked about. To you, and so this gets plus one plus one whenever you cast a non-creature spell. Shrug. Shrug. This is less. Uh, I don't. I think it's less good than the last two one flyer for three, and less good than the last prowess card we saw. Okay. Would you agree or disagree? Uh, I did. I agree. Yeah. Shrug. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because also the kind of decks that I, if you said to me, what kind of deck would want to play this card? I would think of a, a deck with a bunch of small flyers, which means it's not even triggering the prowess. Yeah, yeah. All right, so on the other hand, oh, you're excited. This is a monster. Thousand wins. So four UU rare for a five six flying. So it's Modi to begin with, right? right? It's just fundamental stats, Modi. Okay. Go. Okay, morph five UU. So seven. So, so it's seven to unmorph this guy. Yeah. You got to sink ten mana into this creature. I'm telling you, I'm modying this 50% of the time. Doesn't You're just going to play it for six? Smash modi, yeah. Okay. But, oh, because it's tap out blue and you yeah. love that. But. Nobody attacks through a modi. But if you've morphed, if you unmorph this guy, when Thousand Winds is turned face up, return all other capped creatures to their owner's hands. So you, can you unmorph as an instant speed ability? Yeah, of course. This card is unbelievable. How about at 10 mana? How about you just play a Drago game and you're at 10 mana and your opponent has his hackers and you have this guy? I, your opponent's going to be pretty reluctant to attack into 10 mana. Okay. <laughs> so what you're saying is he has the same ability whether or not you use the ability. That's what you just said to me. I'm just saying your opponent might want to figure out a way to deal with him before they attack. Yeah, but if you're at 10 mana, you can... I guess, I guess he just has a window before attacking, right? I think yeah. this card's sweet. I mean, half the time I'm just modying with it, but it's super sweet. Sure. Like, if your opponent's on six mana or, you know, what are you going to do? Not attack them the turn beforehand? I mean, but what, 
what do you do, Probably right? There not. are like a bunch of other morphs this could be. Right. Right? I like it. Okay. Thoughts? I like it. I mean, you know I love a seven mana unmorph ability. Yeah. yeah. But I mean just it's just Modi, dude. Yeah. Uh Dragon Eye Savants, this is another one of the uh morphs. Uh so this is reveal a blue card in your hand to unmorph Dragon Eye Dragon's Eye Savants. It's one U O six to cast normally, but reveal a blue card to unmorph it. And when it's turned face up, Look at target opponent's hand. It's a, this card's super highly playable, and I just can't imagine myself paying three for it. I, just, I mean, I guess, right? Like, I guess if you have the John Finkel ability, then you become unbeatable at Magic the Gathering. I don't know. Is that true? I mean, I guess. It seems fine. You would want to pay three and then show them your other blue cards? I, mean, I, like, I mean, we have other morphs we could be disguising. All right. I mean, I once, like, I was, I playing a lot of morphs. Think about the layers of bluffs you have. You have a Dragon's Eye Savant, you reveal Thousand Winds to unmorph your Dragon Eye Savants, then you play a morph a couple turns later, and you're like, he's got Thousand Eyes. I, uh, I played a lot of morphs in Extended for a while. I know that probably sounds surprising. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I remember, like, Laying out my goblin rune blasters that I had main deck against, like Kokano, who would kill them, and then I then my exalted angel lived. You know, it's like I had both of them in my main deck. Sure. And because goblin rune blaster is like unbeatable for some decks. I still lost a I lost a different Kokano when he was uh, a tooth and nail deck because he went first and had second turn wall of wall of roots. He sure. could kill me on the third turn. If I'd gone first, I would have been able to stop him with the rune blaster, but. Man, you know, EDT predicted this, like, back in 96, that people just complain about who won the flip. Who wins the flip is so important in big format. You don't think so? I mean, I... It's like, you really can't complain about it. It doesn't... I'm not... I mean, you can, right? You can complain about anything. But I'm telling you, like, I lost a lot of legacy matches, which is, like, the biggest reasonable format people play. Just because... This is... This is, Dollar, Dollar, this is dollar territory. I mean, just because your opponents kill you before you have a second turn, right? That's like, I mean, that's a function of the format, but all the big formats are like that. You know, you, you have these decks that are so explosive. This is why I draft. You can choose to draw. <laughs> that's the opposite of what I was getting at. Yeah. All right. I think I would like, I think this card's okay, right. but I just don't see myself paying three right. for and it. And obviously, obviously we haven't, you know, this is just what's been spoiled so far, so we haven't seen it. Give me my dollar back. I, what are you doing? No, that's, you, you actually owed me 80 cents from before. <laughs> you <laughs> so had gotten over. Up, yeah, yeah. And then this is 20 cents. All right. Bitter Revelation. 3B for a common sorcery. Look at the top four cards of your library, put two of them into your hand, and the rest into your graveyard, you lose two life. I mean... So this is just... Just garbage? Like, yeah. It's just, like, worse than Read the Bones, worse than 4C. I mean, you well, get to bin two cards. I, mean, I, I get, It feels very similar to 4C. Yeah, well, if somebody said to you, Hey, Brian, you're paying four mana... And you get to either scry two or just put two into the bin. Which do you pick? Let me tell you, scry two is pretty powerful. Yeah, I agree. Randomly putting two top cards of your deck into the bin is not well, that powerful. It's not random. I'm, I'm, I'm controlling for the other text. Sure. Okay, I'm sorry. You get to pay two life and bin two. Yes. Random two cards off the top of your deck. Or scry two. 
4C was a fringe playable constructed card. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't a huge playable constructed card. What do, what do you think about the card? Going, just going to M15 for a second. Yeah. What do you think about the card first response? Which one is that? So one? it's whenever you lose life, you, uh, the next turn you get to put a 1-1 one, one token into play. How much does it cost? Cost four. It's too expensive. It's a recurring ability. So like with Painlands, like you can just do it like all the time and then a card like this would like would be like... Taking damage results in the loss of life, right? Sure, yes. Uh, yeah, but the thing is like when you have cards that that, that, that mana cost, like your payoff has to be at a certain level or you're just going to get overwhelmed anyway. I mean, imagine the kind of games you'd be winning with first response. That's really the question, right? Yeah. You, that means you're winning games. Like games where, like where your opponent's mana screwed. <laughs> you're like, oh man, I'm oh, this is cool. I guess you do everything my deck wants oh, to yeah. do. I cast first response, <laughs> and then next turn I paid for a bit of revelation. I found an extra pain land. I played it. I tapped it on my opponent's turn. I mean, so let's, I made two guys. Like, I totes won this game where I got like an extra one-one token. I mean, can you imagine this devil's bargain you make your opponent? But like, tell you what, yes, I'll let you have a free one-one token. In response, you have to take damage and commit a card out of your hand and tap your entire fourth turn. And you can get a 1-1 token. Tell you what, you can get three, but it's going to take you three turns. What kind of crazy person would take that deal? Well, I think the idea is not that it would take you three turns. It would actually take you a turn and a half yeah, to I get three if you're... I'm just saying. If you're building your payment. I'm just thinking about... I've, I've been keeping losing life and paying life in, in the back of my brain... Because of that card. Yeah, I mean, it, this is like a Patrick Chapin exercise. It's just like, cards aren't necessarily bad. They just don't have the right context. And all of a sudden, when that context appears, cards right. become very good. Yeah. Right? But this isn't that context. I don't think so. <laughs> they, first of all, they're both so expensive. Okay. Uh, Mardu Skullhunter. This guy's like Ming the Merciless. He is very Ming. He's very uh, 1B, 2-1, human warrior, enters the battlefield tapped. Yeah. And then he has Raid, so this is another new ability. Uh, so Raid really cares about uh, whether or not you attacked with a creature this turn. Prior to the Raid. Prior to the Raid. When Mardu Skullhunter enters a battlefield, if you attacked with a creature this turn, target opponent discards a card. So, this is a weird card, right? So, yeah. it's Ravenous Rats with one more power. If somebody said to you, you have Ravenous Rats with one more power, you'd be like, shit, that's pretty powerful. Right? Um, Ravenous Rats... Hasn't hasn't been tearing up constructed cues in a few years. Yeah, but it had a time in the Mike, sun. Mikey P is gonna bring it back. I it was in the finals of Pro Tour. Yeah, CSG Vegeta. I mean, I played it when it was a brand new card and standard. Uh, you know, virtual top aided U.S. Nationals that uh, that tournament. Um, you know, you want to be attacking people anyway. The, part of the problem is that it's curve point on two. What Our motorcycle buddies here. Yeah. What percentage of the time are you actually attacking on turn one, two to set this up? I don't know, Escape Carlton Barnes. Yeah. Like, I mean, you could certainly be playing a deck with... Yeah, it's one-drops, yeah. With with enough one-drops that this guy's just, you know, fine. Some Val, yeah. Tormented Hero. In. You know, who else do you have besides the Tormented Hero? Gnarled Scarhide. You're going to lose Rakdos Cackler, or whatever that guy's called. Yeah, Rakdos Cackler. Yeah. There's still probably eight, at least. Yeah. Other playables, maybe. So the interesting thing for me with Raid, and you I don't know him later, he's okay. I also don't know if there's any way to do this in the format, but like, it, it doesn't say when you play the card, right? It enters the battlefield. So... Yeah. 
that guy from the other Canadian website with the motorcycle hates us. <laughs> um, so, like, if you could blink this. Yeah. After you're attacking, or if you had any way of, like, any recurring way of, like, blink a creature or do something, then raid suddenly becomes a little more interesting, too. Like, where you can get multiple uses out of the same raid creature. I mean, I feel like if I'm blinking things that I gotta have something better to do than this. Sure. I think this is probably a playable card. I'm not real excited about it, but just from a redundancy perspective, yeah? Sure. No, I gotcha. Uh, what do you think about Necropos Fiend? I think it costs nine. Nine. Seven BB for a four five with flying. But Dope. it has delve. So that's a recur a, a returning mechanic. So you from can future site, right? From future site, yeah. You can uh, exile cards from your graveyard to reduce the casting cost by one. So a card we looked at a few minutes ago, Bitter Revelation, was putting two cards into our graveyard. Right. Possibly setting up our Necropolis fiend. Right. Uh, and then it's not that's I mean, it. not very hard to, to get cards into your graveyard oh, sorry. in any number of ways. Interactive right? decks. Seder Wayfinders. I mean just removal right. and discard. But also it has an, another ability which is X tap. Exile X cards from your uh, graveyard. Target creature gets minus X, minus X. So I'm sure. Actually, that's a really powerful ability. No, instant it, speed. It, it, it is, but I mean, like, like we've 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 committed quite a bit to get this guy into play. I mean, the black green deck could just play this card, right? Right. Isn't this card just superior to Nemesis of Mortals? Probably. Right. <laughs> yeah, he kills a Nemesis of Mortals theoretically. Yeah, I think this card's very good. And the Seder Wayfinder Community of the Gods deck? Yeah. Excellent thing. Excellent card, rather. So you, you see this guy being Conley Woods Tournament playable? I, mean, I think this is just Magic the Gathering Tournament playable. Right, so Tombstalker is a card that, that gets played regularly. What's the base cost on Tombstalker? Tombstalker... Oh boy. I don't is know. It, is it BB4? Sounds about right. Yeah, or BB5. Uh, I mean... I don't remember. This guy's like earn him. I've never paid full price for it, so. Yeah, neither have I. I think this card's fine. I think it's I think it's likely to see it play as a four of in the black green deck. Yeah, it seems a little expensive. Is to Shadowborn still... Demon still legal? Or is that rotating? I think that's rotating. Yeah, you need a way to kill creatures. Yeah. With Shadowborn Demon rotating. He's got a good size. Yeah, four, four or five, five flyers are. I mean, if you're playing him for like five or four. Or two. Well, two would be awesome. I think he. I think he'll be. I mean, playing. also fetch lands. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be played for two fairly often. Right. Okay. Uh, Shambling attendance. This is another delve card. It's a common delve, so you know it's powerful. It's not powerful. Uh, it's lightning bolt still coming. Seven B uh, for a death touch three five with delve. Yeah, let's move on. Ruthless Ripper. Uh, this is also a... Uh, what is she holding? She's holding some sort of ripping device. She looks a little like Chun-Li. Yeah. And she's holding a ripping device. Uh, so this is... Like a fighting fan. So this is a card that costs black. So this is a one-drop attacker. B. Um, cost B for a 1-1, one, one, though. Has death touch. Uh, but it's morph. Reveal a black card in your hand to unmorph it. And when it's turned face up, target player loses two life. And this is a whiz-bang limited card, right? You just play a 1-1 death touch for B all the time. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, like, you know, mid-game, mid you know, you're pretty happy to, you know, your opponent's like, okay, well, they don't have a lot of mana untapped. It's going to be a morph. What's it going to be? 
all right, I, I trump my morph with my big green stupid god. Yeah, and you just trade. You're like, trade. And take two. Yeah, take two, trade, show you that I have some Remove banishing spell. spell in my hand. I could have killed it if I wanted. Yeah, Idiot. I just haven't drawn my black mana. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, I think this card, I think this card's probably constructed playable so you can set up the raid guy on turn two. Sure, sure. I think 1-1 one, one Death Touch is okay. P- part of the part of the reason is that deck needs a replacement for a Thrill Kill Assassin, which is rotated. Sure. So. I mean, B for 1-1, one, one, though, is not too exciting when you have multiple 2-1s, but. But Thrill Kill Assassin had to be two power sometimes, and this could be two power sometimes, right? It's kind of like the sure. same, you know? Sure, sure. Un- unleash it on morph yeah. it same thing I think it's similar okay and it kills almost anything it's gonna fight with yeah if you want it to for sure um alright dragon style twins 3RR I mean the name's awesome it's a 3-3 human monk with double strike and prowess now this card's actually pretty interesting I mean this is just on the Dave Price kill this when it enters the battlefield list right yeah you gotta kill this like <coughs> Like, forget about, like, some of the things that it's going to be prowessing or, like, some probably some kind of giant growth. Like, can you, can you I mean, obviously, you're, 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 you know, this is not going to be the cards that are played. Can you imagine just, like, Searing Blaze that, three to you, get your guy out of the way, attack for eight? Yes, I can imagine that. <laughs> Will you play, you, you're seeing this in cube already? You're like, mm. um, this card is not, I don't think this card is conventional magic playable. Right? No, no. but cube playable? I mean, I can imagine the thing that you just said. That would be sweet, but it's five. You expect fives in the red deck to be able to kill somebody. This is substantially less less dangerous looking than a dragon, right? Sure. It's I like, mean, it hits super hard. Except it's getting chump blocked by sapperling tokens every turn. Like, like if you're, like, prowessing somebody, you have to assume they're doing something back, right? Well, I guess the assumption is that you're, you know, bolting them or yeah, clearing the path. Inside or- you're... I not mean, literally lowercase clearing the path how much untapped mana do you have when you cast this this is so inside vile blight range sure like I, I think this card is like it's rare right yeah it's, it's rare. probably spectacularly good and limited sometimes and sure like a lot of the time it's just getting blocked uh, this, this is one of the big blowout cards I think for limited action I think you're gonna get blown out by I mean people are just gonna complain the hell out of losing to this card oh no, right? yeah yeah but I think this card is like I just don't think it's conventional magic especially, power. Especially because you're going to be struggling with your stupid three mana cards, three different colored mana cards. Oh, yeah. And your opponent's just like, dragon-style twins, kill that. I mean, if this card had haste, I mean, yeah, like, yeah. it would be too good, but it doesn't have haste. No. What do you think? Do you think constructed playable? No. no I mean, I don't really. I don't think so. I mean, I think, I think a, probably, like, a cube, like, 12th pick all-star. I mean, I got... Thunder my Hellkite 15th sometimes. Yeah, this is like a 12th pick all-star in cube. Uh, I love that. In fact, I'm looking forward to playing with this card in cube. I've taken Thunder my Hellkite first. I've taken it 15th. It's made the made the cut both ways. Yeah. Okay. Um, Howl of the Horde. I wanted to like this This card. is This is a John Finkel card. It looks like a... I don't know. So, 2R. This is a complicated card to... to it's got a lot of text. It's complicated, though. 2R... When you cast your next instant or sorcery spell this turn, copy that spell, you may choose new targets for that copy. Then it has raid. Yeah. If there's ever a card that raid seemed yeah. weird on, yeah. it's this card, right? The guys have been like really loud. This is my office. I'm working here. Right. Hearing this whole conversation for an hour. All right, this is our office. We're yeah, working here. Clearly okay. your office, but maybe you should get Sure. sure. Okay, well, sure. I mean, welcome to Manhattan, but thank you. Thanks. <laughs> 
Man, that was the first time that ever happened to yes. us. I, he actually he's wanted to yell at us for years. Really? Yeah. I don't know who he I've is. I've seen his face in the window before. Yeah. Um. So anyway, <laughs> Howl of the Horde. Um. So you cast your next instant or sorcery spell this turn. Copy that spell. You may choose new targets for that copy. So then it has raid. So if you attack with a creature this turn, when you cast your next instant or sorcery spell this turn, copy that spell an additional time. So it's like forking it. So, but you get to double fork, right? If you attacked. If you attacked. But attack. the problem is attacking is at odds with... with uh, right. So this is like, what I'm picturing yeah. is John Finkel attacking with a goblin with electro- a goblin electromancer. Yeah. Then next turn, casting this spell for two. Yeah. Or that turn, casting the spell for two, and then casting some sort of red ritual for one, and making three cop- playing three copies of it, yeah. and then killing his opponent. Who's like, oh didn't matter that I, I should have blocked? I don't know. What happened? <laughs> You're right, this is a John Finkel card. I mean, I don't card seems powerful. Yeah, but I, I think that this is a, a hard home. I mean, like, wasn't Fork legal for a while? I think it was legal and didn't get a lot of play. I don't remember when Fork was... I mean, I remember when Fork was legal originally. I feel like it got legal again. Twin Cast, right? Sure. Twin Cast didn't see a lot of play. Sure. Sure. I, I think the ability to, yeah, I mean, it, like I said, I feel like I feel like raid is at odds with this card. Like the only way you're really doing this is with like a goblin electromancer. Is the only situation where I see that happening. But boy, that seems exciting. Two R. So like, what's your what's your realistic best case scenario? You've got like a bolt. It's like nine. For two cards. No, and your attack. best your best case scenario is that you're, it's a ritual. You, that you've cast a ritual. You 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 cast some sort of like red ritual and desperate ritual, and you make two copies of it, and then you proceed to do all the stupid things your deck wants to do. Or a metamorphose. Metamorphose would be Swedish. Off of a goblin electromancer. You're like goblin electromancer. Attack. When I say like your best case scenario, I mean like in real life. Goblin electromancer <laughs> attack you on turn three. Yeah. Now. Now, second main phase, two mana, Howl of the Horde. Okay, then, first of all, nobody lets Goblin Electromancer live. Okay, just, whatever. Just, just keep in mind um, that he's never lived. He lived today. Okay. Okay. Got tackle my Goblin Electromancer. Save or delete. What? Save or delete. Sa- save. 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 Uh, I'll, I'll take your save on this one. Save. Uh, and then you go Metamorphose, and you put six mana in your mana pool and draw three cards. Yeah, it's sweet. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Like, even even without attacking, like, turn three, four men in your mana pool, draw two cards. Like, if you can't safely attack with your Goblin Electromancer. I mean, like, is there just a low casting cost card drawing that you could combine with this that's realistic? It's just Metamorphose. I just told you. I'm talking the thing about Standard. There's already cards that do crazy stuff in Oh, I don't know about Standard. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen enough of what this new set's going to offer to figure out if this is Standard play. I'm going to John's after this. So I'll ask him what he thinks about this card. I, I, I mean, I feel like we're going to see John play this card in a modern PT. It doesn't mean anything. John, John. <laughs> um, okay, Mardu Heart Piercer. 3R for 2-3. When Mardu Heart Piercer enters the battlefield, if you attack with a creature this turn, Mardu Heart Piercer deals two damage to target creature or player. Four mana is a lot for a creature. For this ability? I feel like it should destroy a land and make them take two damage. Yeah, it's not good enough for a constructed, I don't think. 
Like, except they like, can block. In block, you're always looking for like weird things that will do the thing that you want. We're just, not not gonna see, real... we're just not going to see block anymore. No, I don't think so. Uh, Mardu Warshrieker. So, 3R for a 3-3. Three, three. Ogre Shaman. Orc Shaman. I'm sorry. Orc Shaman. Orc Shaman. There haven't been orcs since Alpha. Orcs. Oh, no. There's artillery and cannoneers. Yeah. Never mind. Raid. When Mardu Warshrieker enters the battlefield, if you attack with a creature this turn, add red, white, and black to your mana pool. So... So you get to, like, ritual out another guy with this. Maybe, like, one of those ascendancies or whatever. Ooh. Yeah. That's um, sweet. I don't know. I don't... I don't, I don't th- see this. No. no. Not me. Uh, <gasps> this about, is my favorite card so far. How about Sarkin, the first picked in cube by Michael J. Florian? Sarkin the Dragon. I mean, speaker. finally there's a playable Sarkin, right? There's been multiple Sarkins before this. So, this and, one's really good. And of, and of all the multicolored Sarkins that have come before him, this guy's monocolored. 3RR. Planeswalker Sarkin, four well, loyalty, and then plus one until end of turn, Sarkin the Dragon Speaker becomes a legendary 4 4 red dragon creature with flying, indestructible, and haste. Indestructible? I didn't even know it had indestructible. Yeah. This card is insane! So. It's just five mana for like a Thundermile yeah, type thing. Yeah, bash you for four. Then it has. Minus three, Sarkin the Dragon Speaker deals four damage to target creature. So it just defends itself pretty well. Yeah, yeah, it's just like bash. And then minus six, you get an emblem with at the beginning of your draw step, draw two additional cards, and at the beginning of your end step, discard your hand. I think the emblem is kind of crappy, but its other two abilities are so good. Really? You can't, I mean, like, that emblem in in a red deck? Really, imagine your cube deck. Yeah. And you attack with this guy twice. My red cube decks are usually pretty weird. Your opponent's, your opponent's like, chump blocking this yeah. in two turns now you have your emblem you're like out of gas you're like emblem when you think of like blowing a planeswalker to emblem right you're talking about sacrificing a whole bunch of mana taking multiple turns to do something this is not an i win emblem this is just it's like cool. draw two boom boom it's fine i mean like it's fine you have a personal handling mind that is a downside sure right it's not it's it's not like a great ultimate, but the card itself is so powerful, yeah. right? You basically have like I can see myself really wanting that ultimate in the in the mid to like in the mid to late game, like if your opponent like it has indestructible, you can just kill them with the dragon leveling. That's fine. I could see myself taking a turn off to do that. Okay. I could see myself getting this guy to seven. I mean, and then going. I would are like we two in cards agreement that this card is a like a. A plus. Yes. So it's like a four-star card, but it's unlikely to see play outside of standard, yes. right? Um, sort of out of sequence, Horde Ambusher. Uh, this is, again, that morph sequence. So whenever Horde Ambusher blocks, it deals one damage to you. It's a 2-2 two, two for 1R. So it's a block. reasonable cost. Uh, and then it has morph, reveal a red card in your hand. When Horde Ambusher is turned face up, target creature can't block this. Turn. I think it's a playable card. Yeah, you think constructive playable? Yeah, and like Red Rush, because like sometimes like you get to the mid game, you'll have a spare mana to cast this as a morph, and then you just get like, you know, your goblin rabble master can attack instead of holding back this turn. It's, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. So green, heir of the wilds. So two two for one G with death touch. So you know bear, like, like an upgrade. Death touch. Uh, Super yeah, pretty, upgraded pretty, bear. Pretty upgraded bear. And then it has. Ferocious. Whenever Air of the Wilds attacks, if you control a creature with power four or greater, Air of the Wilds gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. So this card, I mean, you could just giant growth this guy, right? And all of a sudden he's a four, four or better, and then you attack sure. and you keep like, 
himself gets Yeah, paid. yeah, that works. I think that works, right? I think this card's good. It's right, a whenever it attacks, ferocious triggers. Respond to the ferocious trigger, giant growth. No, you just do it main phase, even. Oh, sure. Yeah, I guess I'm getting a little too cute there. Yeah. It's good. Plus one, plus one to like turn out a counter, but still. It's. I mean, it's good, right? Like, it's like your return on 1G is a 2-2 death touch, which is pretty close to being playable, right? right? It's not... I don't know if, like, it'd be whiz-bang playable, but with all, when all the other text is included, I think... I think it pushes it over the edge. It's going yeah. to be a pretty playable card. I mean, provided you're playing with four power creatures. Right, right. Or giant growths, at right. least. Uh, Rattleclaw Mystic. 1G for a 2-1 rare. Human Shaman. It has tap, add red, blue, or green to your mana pool. So it's, it's a... This is, I mean, a playable card. I mean, it's... It's rare. I hate two mana accelerators. Like... Sylvan Carriated is such an exception to the rule on account of it as hexproof and it's sure. an excellent blocker. Sure. This is a terrible blocker. Sure. Doesn't have hexproof. Accelerates worse than Sylvan Carriated. I think this card is fringe playable at best. And then it has uh, Morph. Yeah. And it has Morph 2, so two colorless mana. Uh, when it's turned face up, you get to add red, blue, and green to your mana pool. So. So on turn three, you play this. Yeah. On turn four, you go basically to five not mana. So you get like a, a... Five mana and color fixing. And then you get an additional tap out of him when he flips face up too, right? Oh, sure, yeah. That's actually true. You get six. So I think... I think it's fringe playable. Right, you get to six on turn four. Or turn like on turn four, it's like a four mana bad dark ritual. Yeah. Right? Right. Right, yeah, I forgot about the tap. That's an yeah. extra mana. So, what do you think? I mean, I, it's not unplayable. It's save, not delete, but it's not like... I'm not writing a home because I sure. love this card so much. And we, we still have Sylvan Carry at it all year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the really dangerous card is if Elvish Mystic is still around, which it is yeah. as far as I know right it now, is, right? It is, yeah. Then 10 out 15. You really want to accelerate 1 to 3, not from 3 to uh, 6 or... 1 to 3. Huh? You morph this on turn 2. Yeah. And then you get... You have, you have 6... You have, that's like a completely unnecessary step. You have six mana on turn three. No, on turn one, I just put the elf. So I go, first turn, you have a Mayakos. Second turn was, uh, you know, Wood of Foothills Mountain, and then I play my Ascendancy on turn two. Okay, but I'm saying is you can play Elvish Mystic on turn one. Yeah. Morph this guy on turn two. Yeah, I understand. It's and an then, unnecessary step. Then on turn three... The same play that I just You said. go to six. But I'm saying you want to go one to three so you get your Ascendancy. But if I want to go one to three so I can play a Morph? next card see the unwritten when I first saw this card they had blocked out the ferocious text okay like I thought it was still pretty good <laughs> for GG sorcery uh, mythical reveal the top eight cards of your library you may put a creature card from among them onto the battlefield put the rest into your graveyard ferocious if you control a creature with power four or greater, you may put two creature cards onto the battlefield instead of one. This card is ridiculous. I thought it was okay without the ferocious, right? Just having a redonkulous card on top of your deck. By the way, we could do this on turn three with we'll Rattleclaw Mystic. Mystic. But we don't have a four. We don't have a four. We just get one, but we get one, you know, like eight cards. Ferocious seems like a real mechanic to me. Yeah. So, I mean, is this... I mean, are people going to build decks around this? 
Yes. Is this tooth? This is tooth and nail, right? Like. Yeah, I didn't think about it like that, but yes, they're gonna build decks with like t- crazy mana acceleration and bomb creatures. Yeah. And since blue is one of the colors that you might want to play in this shard right. wedge, whatever you want to call it, you can probably fix your draw. Right. So, and also, if you have like a three power prowess creature, yeah. When you play this. You end up with a four-power prowess creature because of Ferocious. Oh, trigger it up? Yeah. I could live with that. Yeah. Okay. So, like, also, if there's some way to ritual into this, like, off of a two-power prowess creature, like, if you were able to go ritual, see the unwritten, yep. you would also get to four. I think this Ferocious. card is, is a good card. Yeah. Not as good as Sarkin, but good. This card might be better. Like, this is, like, a pretty... This is a pretty bad... I mean, I think this card might see play at modern. You need some set. The problem is you need some setup, and there's already decks like that do the same thing as this, but more lethally with smaller creatures. Except that I'm going to put two. I'm, I'm going to put Emrakul and yeah some other friend of Emrakul into play. What if you just put Spike Feeder and Archangel of Food? Yeah, into I mean play? you could do that as well. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying it's like I, I think you're going to see people trying to, trying to build this deck. Or in the Elves deck, like, Spike Feeder. I can see this going right into an Elves deck too. This might be cheaper. Than, than Tooth and Nail, if there's... No, they play Natural Order, which okay. is much cheaper than that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Teamer Charger, one green for a horse. It's a 3-1. Morph, reveal a green card in your hand. When Teamer Charger's turned face up, target creature gains trample until end of turn. This is my favorite card for limited. Yeah? Out of, this, out of the bunch, yeah. Out of the reveal a card uh, bunch? Yeah, out of the... Really? Re- yeah, yeah, I love it. I love trample. The white flying one is way I like better. I trample white flying. I mean, the white, the white and the blue ones might see play. All right. This card's yeah, not I mean, going to see play in construction. No, no, no. I, I agree. But I like it for a limited a lot. All right. Now we get to the ascendancies. Abzan ascendancy. ascendancy. It's Abzan? Abzan. I, I, I think I was saying it as ban in my head. Well, it's Abzan. Yeah, you're it's right. It's first. White, black, green. Junk ascendancy. When, when Abzan ascendancy enters a battlefield... Put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control. Bonkers ability. Really big ability. Whenever a non-token creature you control dies, put a 1-1 one, one white spirit creature token with flying onto the battlefield. And it's really too bad that they rotated planar cleansing. This control decks can't really beat this card. This card is really good. Yeah, it's super good. I don't know what to say. It's, it's insanely good. Like, you do. what do you try to do with this? Play a fair game of magic. Yeah. yeah I, or an opponent can't really beat you playing right. fair magic against your fair magic if you have this card in play. Right. Right? You're always just going to have something left. Yeah. I mean, this, this. I mean, obviously, like, do you think junk tokens is a, is a deck in standard? No, you, you, it has to be real guys. It doesn't have to be real guys to get the counters. Yeah, but... The, but the, I'm just saying. But, like... The counters isn't what makes this card lethal. It's not the honor of the pure half, which is still good. Right. It's the... It's like the unending stream of threats half. Right. Right. This card's really, really good. I mean, I, I'd have to obviously have a much broader view of the format to know which cards are ultimately going to be good, but, right. like, you know, this has green in its casting cost, which is very, very encouraging. I'm trying to point out by us moving a little bit down the block. Yeah. We encourage the clanky skateboarders to move further down the block towards us. Yeah. And now they're skateboarding in front of that guy's window. That's the best. I think we should just get the jackhammery guy to just stand there. <laughs> um, but so, uh, 
Do you see what I'm saying, right? Like, I think that the the green ascendancies are going to be way better than the non-green ascendancies because the. I, I guess you don't want to play this one on turn two off of Elish Mystic because you don't get that much impact from the far right. counters. But like, just like think about this with Bermas. Right. Well, I mean, think about just think about this. I mean, with Bermas, but also think about this with like Corsair of Crufix and Selvig Carry added. Sure. Like where you're just Selvig Carry Add starting starts to matter now. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah. You know, you're like, oh, oh, by the way, do you need to kill these? You know, do you need to deal with my, you know, position? Yeah, you're like, shitty mana guys get useful. Yeah, like my 3-5 Corsair of Crufix. Um, Abzan Guide. So six three, mana. Six mana, three white, black, green, lifelink. It's a 4-4, four, four, human warrior, but it has morph. And you can unmorph it for five, two white, green, black. So this is like a, a wingless angel. Yeah. This is like exalted angel. Where you get to unmorph it for five. Um, I don't like it. Super hard to get out. It's like for just like for the five and six casting cost threats with three three color in their casting cost on this set, like you can do way the hell better than a 4-4 lifelink. Sure. That's that's just... I mean, and it's a it's common, common, so yeah. that should tell you a little something. And it was interesting, uh, Marshall Sutcliffe wrote an article today yeah. about morphs in Limited, and what came out over the course of the Twitter discussion is that there was actually an editorial note inserted into his article yeah. that, you know, it's very deliberate that there's you never have to worry about, like, the blowouts with morph that you used to have to worry about. If you remember, like, the old days of Morph, where it was like, is it a Bataran Craghorn, or is it a Skirk Commando? Yeah. And basically, all of the Morphs that Morph cheaply yeah. still maintain a certain amount of... It's like we saw all the free Morphs yeah. where you reveal a card. They all stay within the same power and toughness range, except for the 0-6 blue one, which is obviously never going to blow anyone out too badly. Yeah. But so there's, there's no damage on the stack anymore. Right. But there's, so there's no, there's no should I block or shouldn't I block shenanigans where you're going to get blown out. And they said that, like, basically, you know, if your opponent has more than four mana untapped when they, when they attack with a more, that's when they want you to worry, but, like, early on. So, so, you know, so, so something like this is pushed a little harder. It's a, funny you say that. I remember when I was playing in a Grand Prix Boston with Onslaught, um, I had a horrible sealed deck that I made wrong, so I, I lost almost every game one. So I had to sideboard into this better version, and I still managed to rattle off like six or seven wins. I'm playing for day two, have to win to make day two. Playing against EDT, and I blocked all of his morphs correctly, right? Like, and there was no pattern to order, right? Like, but if he had like a battering craghorn, I'd block the other guy, right? So sure. my guy win the combat. Then on the last turn, I have two morphs and I attack. He blocks the wrong one, and I unflip rock shard elemental and kill him, right? He's just like, this is just such bullshit, right? Like. You blocked my correct morph every turn. I blocked your wrong morph one turn. And, like, that's how come yeah, you're yeah. day two and not me. And I'm like, yeah, true story, <laughs> right? But, like, that's the cards, you know? Right. And, you know so it seems like there's a little more attention paid to what it costs to unmorph stuff. Yeah, I mean, if you don't block a rock shard elemental, it kills you, yeah. right? It's a... Uh, but, no, you know, no no Abzan guides. In constructed? Yeah. I don't think so. How about Anafenza the Foremost? So this is what I was talking about. You have these cards that are not common. <laughs> yeah, this is a mythic rare. It's white, black, green. Yeah. Legendary creature, human soldier. Whenever Anafenza the Foremost attacks, put a plus one, plus one counter on another target 
untapped creature you control. So it's it's basically like rewarding you for either mana acceleration or you know attacking with multiple creatures. Sure. If a creature card would be put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, exile it instead. This card's really powerful. Yeah. Like it's an awesome sideboard card for like against. I don't know if people still play Maliripod because uh, I guess the spike feeder combo is so much faster. Right. But um, you know it would work against decks based on. You know, persist. Interestingly, in pod, you could pod into this in the mirror. I mean, if that matters, right? Right. Uh, but, like, a 4-4 four, for four, 3 is excellent, and it's got... Well, I guess it doesn't matter if you care if it goes to the graveyard. Excuse me? Uh, it only matters on... Well, whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a 4-4 four, four, for 3, which is yeah. excellent, and its combat ability is excellent. Yeah. And, I don't know, its other ability is there. It's not useless. Right, so... I mean, this card is an insane trump to delve strategy, right? Yes. So, like, don't play delve at states, probably, is the thing that <laughs> you don't know if somebody's going to have Anafenza. Well, just you can kill it, or, or have a way to kill Anafenza. It's black. Well, I'm just saying, like, find a way. I, it's, it's tough, I think. All right, uh, so Crackling Doom. Red, white, black. Instant. Crackling Doom deals two damage to each opponent. Each opponent sacrifices a creature with the greatest power among creatures he or she controls. I mean, this is just an absurd card, right? Maybe yeah. it's only a sideboard card, but it does everything you want. Right. It damages opponents. It kills their biggest, like, their biggest thing could be, like, a Restoration Angel or something. Wait, my, what's, like, an Angel of Serenity or Emrakul. Right. Right? So you just, like, shock somebody kills and it kills Emrakul. Yeah. This is... Right. It's an absurd Magic the Gathering card. Yeah. It's so powerful. And in multiplayer, it's obviously insane. I mean, yeah, it's, it, obviously it's designed for Commander or whatever, but I don't think we even have to think that broadly. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you just play this in, like... I mean, my red-white burn deck had black mana, right? right? Your opponent's like, go to my attack step. Hold on, Emrakul. Yeah, like... <laughs> take <laughs> take this two. This card is just very, very good. you agree? I agree. How about Dune Blast? I think this card's... Playable. Four white, black, green. Sorcery. Choose up to one creature, destroy the rest. It's playable. I think it's rough. Seven mana is a lot. I mean, there's already Mass Calcify. I mean, you get to keep your awesome guy, right? But if you're playing Mass Calcify and you're playing white, you get to keep all your awesome guys. Yeah, I mean, like, I have Anafenza in this. I, can, I mean, I don't know. I think it's probably playable. Maybe as a redundancy. Sure. I mean, how much does in Garuk's Wake cost? Nine. Nine. Yeah, I... I play this probably before I play in Garuk's Wake, but it's... I mean, what do you think? It's, like, fringe playable, right? Fringe, fringe playable. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see someone playing it for... Yeah, you get to keep your awesome guy, right? Yeah. It's a It's a thing. Uh, Ice Feather Aven. This card's really good. Obviously one of my favorite cards in the set. Yeah. Has my favorite cast and cost. Blue-green. Uh, it's a Bird Shaman, 2-2 two, two Flying. So, like, pretty reasonable gay sky folk. Yeah. You know... Uh, but it also has morph one green blue. So six in total investment. Yeah, six total investment. But when ice face, ice feather even is turned face up, you may return another target creature to its own. So it's mana war and a great body for it. Yeah. Like if you're not mana warring, it's great. Yeah. If you're mana warring, it's fine. I think this is just a great card. Yeah, I love this card. I think like I'm not sure what deck it goes in though. Goes in the first draft deck I do in this yeah, format. Okay. Fair enough. Obviously. It's not common, Brian. You it's know? uncommon. It's gonna be my first pick. I okay. predict it. Okay. Just telling me. I like it. Uh, Ivory Tusk. I'm going to mulligan my packs. If I open a pack yeah. and I don't have this, I'm just going to pass. Uh, Ivory Tusk Fortress. Two. White, black, green. 
It's a creature elephant. It's a 5-7. So it's a 5-7 for 5. Yeah. Uh, untap each creature you control with a plus 1, plus 1 counter on it during each other player's untap step. So, like, if you put this in the correct deck, like, maybe if you just played the Asban Ascendant, Abzan Ascendancy, yeah. your opponent is just fucked. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, you can't get in. Yeah. I mean, this is... I mean, it's just a 5-7 for 5, which is not unreasonable. This is huge. And... I mean, really, let's be honest, whatever deck we're playing in it, it's a 6-8. Because that's what we want to do with this. Yeah. I think this card's really, really good. I mean, I, I could just see just playing it defensively. You know, it's, it's a good card. So, yay? I'd play that, yeah. Okay, Mardu Ascendancy. Red, white, black. Whenever a non-token creature you control attacks, put a 1-1 one, one red goblin creature token onto the battlefield tapped and attacking. So this card's absurd. Also. Oh, by the way, sacrifice Mardu Ascendancy. Creatures you control get plus zero, plus three until end of turn. So the second ability, well, we didn't even need to read that. We're not going to use that one. We're not going to use that one. I mean, you know, really good, I guess, I mean, pyroclasm protection. I mean, this basically makes Anger of the Gods obsolete, though. Right. Counter-target Anger of the Gods. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think this is this is good. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be like kind of monotonous. These gold cards. Yeah, this card's pretty good. I mean, this card, but I mean, it's restrictive I, it's, in its casting. It's going to be really interesting to see what the sorting hat does with these cards in terms of like because like if all the ascendancies are good. Well, I'm not seeing a lot of diversity of strategy, right? Most of these, most of these ascendancies and most of these triple color gold cards are like play these cool creatures in concert with each other. Is what I'm reading, right? There's not a lot of divergence but, but, from that. But, but, but again, yes and no, right? Like, you don't want to be playing a lot of cards that cost red, white, black in this deck, right? Like, you want to be casting you want to be casting a one drop, you want to be casting a two drop, you want to cast a three drop, and then maybe... Do, do you know what card I see when I when I read this card? What? Stoke to Flames. Right? Sure. This is a stoke card, right? Like, sure. you make a bunch of tokens so you can stoke. Right. I, I, I think. But what I'm, say, what I'm saying is, like, you want to you want to find a color that you're going to be able to consistently cast creatures, and then have the mana to cast this, and then attack and like just get three extra guys. I don't like this as much as the Abzan one because it's not green. Sure. Like this is it's a restrictive casting cost. I don't know when you're casting it. it if it's in play, it's obviously powerful. Right. But it's also less powerful than the Ascendancy we saw just saw a second ago. Sure. And less powerful than their four four for three. Sure. Okay. Narset Enlightened Master. Three, blue, red, white, legendary creature, human monk. First strike, hexproof. Whenever uh, Narset attacks, exile the top four cards of your library. Until end of turn, you may cast non-creature cards exiled with Narset this turn without paying their mana costs. How many do you exile? Four. And you could play all, all four, four of for them free? For free. And it says hexproof? Yes. I mean, like... But you have to attack. This is like a weird card, right? Because it can't get through anybody. Like, if you really want to kill it, you can, right? Yeah. But, like, if you don't, it's just going to destroy you. Yes. I guess that's what you expect from a six. Like, I don't know. I mean, this is, like, this is obviously an insane, insane commander. Like, I don't know. For, 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 for your age. I feel like this card is traditionally like unbeatable. Yeah. yeah. I put that, like... Like, I think, like, Ashiok is conditionally unbeatable. Right. But, like, super beatable most of the time. I don't know. Like, against... It probably has to be a cyborg card because a regular deck can stop this 100% of the sure. time. Right? So... But any... You know, what, what are the cards you want to cast off of this? Anything. 
They're all free. Yeah. I mean, you could cast... But only non-creature. But you could just have, like, absurdly expensive non-creature spells. Sure. Like, be like, oh, I'll cast Enter the Infinite, and... Yeah. That's what you think about when you have these kinds of cards. Or, uh, see the unwritten. You could cast that. I mean, you're, you're in a situation where you've now revealed the top four cards of your deck to show see the unwritten with the expectation of revealing the top eight cards of your deck and having awesome creatures. Yeah. But, yeah We're setting I, stuff up. Uh, Sagu Mauler. Four blue-green beast. Trample Hexproof. Rare. Six, six. But it has morph, so you can unmorph it for five mana. Three blue-green. Which card's good. Six, six for six with Hexproof and Trample. Um, how and you can this, play on turn three. How do you rate that against uh, Simic Sky Swallower, which was conditionally unbeatable? Right, just that, Simic Sky Swallower was super hard to beat, unless you were a Wrath deck. You know, we were a Wrath this deck guy's also terrible. fairly hard to beat. Yeah. I mean, he has Trample, yeah. It's a big, that's a big game. Yeah, I mean, if he, he doesn't have Trample, he's just garbage. He has Hexproof just, and not Shroud. Yeah. Like, he can make him better. Yeah. I uh, mean, would you want to see him into the Unwritten? Maybe, I think if, if I'm seeing the unwritten into this guy, I'm like, oh, I guess that's fine. That's, I get, yeah, that's, that's like right. my, my rating okay. is, I guess that's fine. Uh, Sedisi Blood Tyrant. So this is one of the big cards of the set, right? We're supposed to be impressed by this guy. Okay. So one black, green, blue. Legendary creature, Naga Shaman. Mythic rare at 3-3. Three, Mythic three. rare, 3-3. Three, three. Whenever Sedisi Blood Tyrant, Brood Tyrant, sorry, enters the battlefield or attacks, put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard. Whenever one or more creature cards are put into your graveyard from your library, put a 2-2 black zombie creature token onto the battlefield. So when it says one or more creature cards, does that mean each activation... No, I think I think it's just you get one zombie. You get one zombie per... Yeah. Like, flip three cards. If there's three creatures there, you just get one zombie. I think so, yeah. I think. I don't know. But they were, if, it, if they said whenever a card, a creature right. goes to your graveyard, then it would be three. But they said when one or more, then it's one. Right. Which is kind of non-intuitive, but right, I think that's yeah, what yeah. it means. Either way. So what do you think? You think it's like super powerful? Four mana, three, three. Very deal, deal withable. I mean, even at three, four, I wouldn't be that, that scared. So theoretically, you play it. So for four mana, you're getting, we're going to assume in our deck, a three, three, and a two, two. Right? Yeah. And then if it lives, we get another two, two. You're saying this is like... It's a Blade Splicer. Yes. Which, if you don't deal with it, it just beats you, right? Right, yeah. Um, in, in, a, in, a, in a color yeah, it's, combination it's turn three. with Pump, Bounce, and Removal. Um, not in our deck. I mean, our deck's it's got a color combination with guys. Sure. Like, you're going to have Man of War guys, you're going to have Necrotals. Okay. Yeah. But it's pump, guys. Pump, Bounce, Removal. Okay, fair enough. Playable? Yeah, for sure. This is like one of the big cards of the set, but we're supposed to be impressed by this card. But are you impressed by this card? No. <laughs> I mean, mo most creatures, I look at them and I say to myself, that's just a guy. Right. Right? Cards that aren't just a guy are Young Pyromancer, Stormbreath Dragon. So so if you took the one off of this and it's just black blue It's green. insane at three. Is it okay. insane yeah, at three? Yeah, it's insane at three because you cast it on turn two. You cast it on turn two off an elf. You're talking about five power on turn sure. two with like built-in Devour Flesh redundancy. Can't beat that. Sure. Like, it's so hard. Like, the opponent... Like, what spell... They have to have gone first to anger the gods you. You get an untap. The fact that you, you're blue and green, the dude's not dying. 
But if you give them a full extra turn, they're just going to wrath you back. Right. Okay. It's not... Sometimes you get nothing. It's... This card is good. Soren, Solemn Visitor. Two, white, black, Soren, Planeswalker. Four loyalty. Four loyalty. Plus one until your next turn. Creatures you control get plus one, plus zero, and gain lifelink. It's fine. Whatever. Minus two. Put a 2-2 two, two black vampire creature token flying onto the battlefield. Pretty good. It's good. Uh, minus six, you get an emblem with, at the beginning of each play, opponent's upkeep, that player sacrifices a creature. That's pretty freaking amazing. <laughs> That's pretty tough. And he levels pretty fast, right? Yeah. It's just like turn six or seven, he's going to be on a, yeah. on abyssing you mode. I think there's so many decks that, like, you just put a blocker in front of this, they just can never win. Yeah. They're, they're, you're just going to get him to the, to the point where he turns into the abyss, and then it, unless they've got, like, Elsbeth or something, it's over. Say hi to John Becker. Hi, Becker. Um, Saltai Charm. So this means there's going to be lots of charms, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love charms. Gr- black, green, blue, the Saltai. Um, choose one. Destroy target monocolored creature. Gladly do that. Destroy artifact, target artifact or enchantment. Gladly do that. Draw two cards, then discard a card. I live with that. This card's really powerful. I think it's good. It's good. Playable? Yeah, for sure. Main deckable? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there was that time where people thought Bant Charm was, like, the best card in Shards yeah, of Alara. Yeah. It wasn't the best card. It was I mean, this does a lot. I mean, it's never dead, this card. No, because you can cycle it. You can, but it's better than cycle, right? Draw yeah, two, discard like, one. It's like, uh... not cycling. What? It's like cycling. It's like cycling, but, I mean, you're, you're going a little deeper into your deck. No, uh, because it's because with cycling, you just discard the Sultai Charm and get one card, yeah, right? Yeah, this, yeah. you draw two, but then you discard two because yeah, one yeah. of them is Sultai Charm. Yeah, yeah. It's like double cycling, I yeah, guess. Yeah. It's fine. Teamer Ascendancy. Green, this card is blue, red. Stupid. Creatures you control have haste, so it's Fires of Yavamaya for a blue you know, instead blue of instead, instead of colorless. colorless. Creatures you control have haste, but then it has whenever a creature with power four or greater enters the battlefield under your control, you may draw a card. This card, this deck is probably just like guys and this card, and then maybe that tooth and nail card. Yeah. And that's it. Oh my god, can you imagine hitting two Yes, yeah. I can imagine. <laughs> this card is just like, this is not going to be fun to play against. Yeah. Like, I think this card is stupid. So there's going to be it, lots of cycles in this format. So we're going to, when we do the full preview yeah. of the thing, we're going to have to do just one installment where we just like rank all the cycles. But you rate this card as stupid, right? It's, yeah. It's like, I mean, I like the Sarkinvol card. Yeah. This card is stupid. Stupid. Yeah, those cards. Like awesome. this is like this is like a no skill card. This is like a bitter blossom, mistbind clip card. You just have an you're like, like oh I'm such a genius. I drew Yavamaya Coast Elf Wooded Foothills. I guess the game's over, right? Like you know what I mean? It's maybe. We'll see. I I mean, it's not gonna be fun. What if I drew my Saltite Charm and I get to? You get to what? Play net negative on every card? No, I destroy your uh, enchantment. Okay, you can do that. If you had an elf. Or I can utter end it. Alright. Josh Layton utter end it. Uh, two white black instant exile target non land permanent. So Four man is a lot for this ability. I don't think this is a really a playable card. You don't. It's instant, but it's four. Gets a no. planeswalker, gets an enchantment, gets an artifact, gets a creature. You can just play an oblivion ring, cost less. Sure. Instant speed doesn't make up for that. For a full mana difference, I think like maybe it's so fringe. Like it's 
Like, yes, people will play it, but I don't think you really can. Like, yeah, this is this card I want to okay. play. We're, we're almost done here. We'll, we'll save the lands for when yeah. we do the big show. There's nothing super amazing there yet. Uh, Zergo Helm Smasher. 2RWB for an Ogre Warrior. Orc Warrior again, sorry. Legendary creature. Haste. Zergo Helm Smasher attacks each combat if able. Man, that stinks. Zergo Helm Smasher has indestructible as long as it's your turn. Not when he's attacking, just any time on your turn. So there's no EOT kill this guy no. either. No. When a creature dealt damage by Zergo Helm Smasher this turn dies, put a plus one plus one counter on Zergo Helm Smasher. This, this is, is the best named creature of all time. This card is fucking stupid. <laughs> Seven power, haste for five. Seven power, indestructible. So the turn you play it, yeah. he's just he's eating a creature or getting you. For seven. Or getting your planeswalker. He doesn't have trample. He can be stopped by, like, a token. But then he gets bigger. Then he's an 8-3. Yeah, he's stupid. And you could give him trample. I'm sure there's a way. I think he's mostly going to be played in green decks, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> just figure it out? I think it's probably not that hard to get there. So Lens of Clarity. I don't know if that's worth a card. I actually feel like I want to play this card, but I'm not sure if it's worth a card. Uh, you may look at the top card of your library, and if face down creatures you don't control for one artifact, yeah. not, not going to play this card. And Ugin's Nexus. This Ugin. card is... Ugin. I remember Ugin. But the Ugin's Nexus mirror match? That's, that's really... Five, five mana. If a player would begin an extra turn, that player skips that turn instead. If Ugin's Nexus would be put into a graveyard from the battlefield, instead exile it and take an extra turn after this one. So you just need a way to sacrifice this, and it's a time walk. Yeah, but I think it's, like, the best in the Ugin's Nexus mirror match. That's the thing that's weird, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, just taking extra turns is sweet. So if you destroy your opponents, and you have one, yeah. then you get an extra turn, and then you sack this, and then you get, like, the next two yeah. extra turns. So just don't get in that mirror match, I guess. Yeah. Oh, and then I missed the Rock, Raksha, Rakshasa Vizier. Vizier. Two green, black, blue, cat demon. Whenever one or more cards are put into exile from your graveyard, put that many plus one, plus one counters on the Vizier. So he's a 4-4 four, for four, four, five. He's like Dirkwood oh, Boris. Yeah. But then, but once, then you once, start... you, once you start removing cards with your scavenging ooze. Yeah. Um, or delving. Then he gets big. He gets big. I mean, he's just so much less good than the other five and six cast yeah, and toss yeah, big guys. Yeah. No, I'm not that excited. He's just he, like his fundamental size isn't that exciting. Right. And then the the you know the big reveal for this set is fetch lands. Fetch lands is going to be super exciting. I actually own four weirdly, of each of this kind, or actually more. I have like eight wooded foothills or right. something. We weirdly like not so amazing for standard, right? Like, I, I, I mean, they're obviously good. But they're coming at a time where the Shocklands are leaving standard. I mean, I'm going to be happy to play four to eight of them in all of my decks, probably. Right. Even if you're playing a monocolor deck, right. it's, uh, it could be right to play them. Right. Well, I mean, historically, you've played, you've seen people play eight to 12 of them in decks that can only get mountains. I mean, I played 10 in my Legacy deck this week. Right. I mean, we, you know, that deck traditionally plays 12. Right. But we, uh, we only played 10 because it's like somewhat against Delver protection. Like, you can't, you can't play... You could actually play none, right. but then, then, then you can't play with Searing Blaze and Grim Lava Mancer, which are really powerful legacy cards against elves. Right. Um, but that's actually perfectly defensible just to play mountains. Right, right. So, that's the first installment of our uh, 
we're tons, gonna, we'll, tons of talk. Yeah, we're, we're going to come back. I said we're going to come back. We'll probably talk about all these cards again, again or at least certainly the highlight cards once we've had a chance to process them. All right, so um, what's the best way to get to John's from here? Practice. I don't even remember the name of this stupid street. I just, uh, the, the, so so take any train to Canal Street. Yeah, yeah, I know to get off the canal on the, All right, well, so on the yellow you, line. You, I'll tell you how to get there once you're All right. offline. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't want people downloading naked pictures of John off, her, off of our podcast. But, you know. All right. Uh, this has been Michael J. Flores. Brian David Marshall. Go a, like us on Facebook, And a grumpy way. old man. <laughs> man, he was so grumpy. And old. All right. Yeah. Bye-bye.